You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Jessica Holmes. Yeah, hey, how are you doing? So Jessica, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? So I am a stay-at-home mom right now, mother of three, um, and I own a home-based bakery. So that includes cakes, um, cupcakes, different designer um, candy apples and different things. I do more, I would say more upscale than just like a plain cupcake like I do more decorative so if you see I don't know some kind of animated something I'm putting that on a cupcake or I'm putting that on a cake or I'm putting it on a candy apple and I'm making it more of artistic form of uh treats rather than just you know just dipping them in chocolate or something how did you decide to get into um just baking in general making like sweet treats and stuff like I mean I took the cooking class in school but I was never really good at it so I never really fell through with it well, my mom used to bake every Sunday um, for my dad. So that's where I kind of fell in love with baking originally. Um, that was just one of our traditions. So I just love being in the kitchen, making sweets and different things. Um, and when I had my first son, I didn't want, like most people, um, well, most mothers, I decided I did not want to go back to work. I just didn't. I just wanted to be able to take care of him, still be able to provide with my husband and do different things like that um and it was just one of those things like hey let's see if I can do it I was really good at it and kind of stuck well being a stay-at-home parent too is definitely probably one of the biggest jobs out there only because you you have to raise life you know I mean mm -hmm. especially being a mom once you birth it and then trying to raise it and make sure that turns out mm -hmm. like properly that's a very important role that's a very important role I know I'm glad you said that many people take that for granted or think oh because they stay at home that's not a job but it's literally a job that never ends like I have to tell people I never like my kids just went back to school and I'm like so happy I love them to death but I needed a break because my house seemed like it never was clean because they were always creating messes the moment I put it picked it up they were putting it back down so now I finally get a chance to actually pick it up even though they're going to tear it back up again when they get home so yeah well most people when they have a kid I don't think no anybody really realizes that it's like an it's an 18-year commitment it really is and that's just while they're in the house then you got to worry about when they go off and have their own <laughs> exactly that's why my mom's like um yeah, I'm never done really raising you until I'm gone from this earth because I'm always going to be there so that's it is. It's a it's a full commitment. It's not just raising them. It's creating people that are not going to grow up to be the world's next asshole or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's memories also that you're creating. It it's is. the stuff it you is. want them to really get imprinted with as well. Imprinted. Like mm -hmm. such as um when you were a kid and you know watching you know on Sundays your mom baked or something mm -hmm. that instilled into you this kind of hobby and this, first of all, this passion that you've kind of turned into. I mean, it obviously probably started off just because being a stay-at-home mom, you wanted to kind of dive into something because sitting around the house after a couple of days gets a little bit boring. 
It does. It does very quickly. And I'm very, I'm used to working. I was used to working, but I knew that was something that I had to dedicate to was for my kids. But I'm, I'm always been a person that worked. I think my mom started me out. She wouldn't let me get a actual job, but she was, um, she cleaned houses for forever. And so when I turned like 11 or 12, she was like, okay, now you have to kind of help. And so from then on, I've always been a person that wanted to do something. I had to do something. I'm just not a, like a sit around and just be like, oh, well, hmm. now I'm getting a little bit like that. That's just because I need a break. But I'm just, I just can't stop. I have to be doing something. What's one of the little snacks or treats that you used to make on Sunday when you were a kid? Pound cake. Oh, Pound. my goodness. Pound cake. I know it's, it sounds so simple, but that was one of. We used to, we just used to learn to create different things from it or different toppings that would go on top of it. But just a simple pound cake with vanilla ice cream, some strawberries that you like cut up and you put a little sugar on them, put them in the refrigerator and let them like create their own juice. Oh my goodness. You just cannot understand how good that is. See, uh, I didn't do a whole lot of baking back in the day, um, mostly because my parents worked. So it was just kind of me like heating up a hot pocket or something. But when I went to my grandparents' house was when I saw my grandma making a lot of like sweet treats. We have these things that kind of come around Christmas time. Um, they're pretzel rods rolled up in caramel with M&Ms and all these other types of things. And then you freeze them. Oh. So that's when I was like eight or nine years old. I was seeing this older and like, you know, with the holidays and everything, I got these for as a gift, I had a bag of them and I was like, Oh my God. And it was like nostalgia and everybody. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're really good. And my parents are older. So my mom, she, um, I'm actually adopted. So my mom adopted me in her forties. Um, so they're older. Like my, my mom now she's like 70. Um, so that, that too played a lot of role, a lot of role into kind of how the, the family functioned. My dad worked more during the time and she, she worked as well, but she was more of an independent, so she kind of got to choose the hours that she wanted to. Um, so that kind of helped out with the way everything functioned at home. Like, I was her second. How important was it for her and you to have that Sunday where you guys sat down and were able to bake or make treats and stuff, too? It, it was very important. It was, it was like a ritual. It was almost like something that... Um, we just knew it was Sunday. It was just going to be that day because my dad loved to eat them before. So he ate the sweets literally like maybe two days into it. She's already like, okay, well, Sunday, we know we got to, we got to make some more stuff because we know your dad's going to eat it all. And believe me, he's not like, he's just getting to a point at 70 something that maybe having health issues. I was thinking, oh, well, you eat sweets every Sunday you can have, but no, he's, he's perfectly fine. Look, my grandpa's in his 70s, and he hides candy all over the house. <laughs> he, my, my grandmom's a little bit hunched over, um, so she can't reach any of the frying pans up top anymore, so now they're just for decoration. He grabs Reese's cups and tapes them inside of the, the, the pans up top so she can't see them. Oh, wow. And he has candy hidden all over the house. You randomly sit down on a couch cushion, and next thing you know, you got a Reese's cup. <laughs> Like stick in your cheek or something. Oh wow, that's funny. But it yeah. was it was always so interesting because when I was a kid, I totally missed out on the opportunities to kind of seize really learning this skill in general. Um, mostly because I was a kid, I was a guy. First of all, the most thing I want to do is go outside and hit something with a stick. And 
she sat me down and really kind of showed me like, hey, and tried to keep me a little bit interested into it by like, oh, you can lick the brownie mix or you can do whatever when I get done with the tools or something instead of washing it off. So that was always the reason why I kind of stuck around. But she taught me some very formative skills that I think as a person or an adult that everyone should learn to know how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my favorite part was licking the spoon too. I was that was more intriguing. But you know, many people don't realize bacon is a science. So it just takes that one wrong ingredient to mess up a whole cake or a whole pie or whatever, and then it takes that right ingredient to make it better than any other cake or pie you've ever had. So it it, it is it's tedious. I, I know I set my boys down and I let them sit. They sit here and watch me. Um, bake and cook and they ask questions and different things and my oldest he's always like okay mom I want to help cook and stuff like that he wants to be a police officer slash cook as he's told me but of course those things change all the time but I wanted to be an astronaut <laughs> we'll see you just hey you, you never know it's never too late I want to be the I don't first, know. What's that age? first man <laughs> to walk on Pluto oh Even wow it's technically not a planet anymore it's but not, I, I still defer yeah I don't think it's a plan anymore. They they change those things, you know. I think it was a few years back, probably like third grade is when it stopped becoming a planet, at least for me. So that's probably like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where did, um would you say most of your experience kind of comes from just learning on the job, like kind of doing your own information and research as well? Yes. So I'm self-taught. Most of the things that I have learned, I've literally haven't taken a class. I've just kind of learned um, from over the years, from messing up, trial and error, um, and it's just, you know, like you say, you just kind of learn those things over time, um, how to make it better, how to do it quicker, um, so. What was, what was the first thing that you started to kind of start off with? Did you end up trying to make a pound cake? Um, to, well, before I started making cakes, I actually started off making candy apples. That was going to be the thing that I was going to do is make candy apples. Um, and so I had started doing that. And I had someone, matter of fact, I had three people ask me on the same weekend to make a cake. And they were just like, we know you can make it. We know you can make it. And I was just like, I'm, I'm not making cakes because I just... Like I said, it's so much that can go wrong with it, especially when you're doing decorations and the icings that go on. The, and I was just like, okay, I'm not doing it. And she just kept asking. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to let you know it may not turn out right. It, I mean, the cake may be delicious, but it may look ugly. And, I, and I'm very, I'm a perfectionist, so I wanted it to look, I want things to look a certain way. And um, after that, I mean, everybody's like, oh, okay, we love it. And that was it. So I just, after that, now people don't remember that I make anything else but cakes now. Do you find that it, it took you a while to kind of find your niche of what you wanted to make in the first place? It seems like you have to do a bunch of different recipes and, and finally figure out, oh, this is actually the most fun to me, even though it might be one of the harder things to do. Like probably easier to make a, I guess, a candy apple compared to if you're making a whole entire cake and then designing it as well. Surprisingly, candy apples was the harder thing to make and the reason why is because of the temperature that's why i say it's kind of a science and a a thing to it because if you go over your boiling point you'll have candy apples that don't turn out right and then if you're under it you'll have chewy ones um if you don't clean them right you'll have ones that have holes in it like it's a whole big thing like it's and i was like oh okay so it's not as simple as i thought it was going to be like it took about three months to get the perfect candy apple everything else was just 
it it people loved it I didn't but they were just like oh, okay well you know it's okay and now I'm getting more into like okay with cakes um I believe it was more of the icing um icing tends to melt especially different ones um so that became the biggest thing for me um with the with my cakes and stuff was my icing what do you find to be like the most important when it comes into the factor of the cake? Do you, would you say the icing or would you say it's more about the look of it? Um, I would say it's the taste. My taste is number one factor. If it doesn't taste right under all that perfection, then it, it, that just, that's just ruining everything else that I did to it. Um, and then it has to look right. What, what about what, what taste though? Everybody's got their own taste. So what do you try, like, what do you prefer in a cake? What do you want it to taste like? We're talking about vanilla. Are we talking chocolate? Um, vanilla is my favorite and lemon is my second favorite. Chocolate and like red velvets, I have like a love-hate relationship with them um, because they have a tendency depending on, and now I'm just learning. I'm literally just learning this in year 2020 that I have been cooking my uh, chocolate and one of the most important parts I have been doing it wrong um so for me lemon is like I said my favorite and then um people hate this word but but moist it has to be it can't be anything but I don't know why that word triggers something in people but it has to be if it's not then I've just baked the cake for no reason you just brought me back to my <laughs> seventh grade class. Our teacher, we worked in a culinary class, but we were learning environmental science. So the teachers would float around. So we'd be in a, a bunch of, uh, we'd be in this class with a bunch of ovens and stuff. And the baking teacher would be in there making stuff. And she said the word moist on like the third day of that class. And everyone figured out our teacher hated that word. So everyone would make, like, just say it and just make her crawl out of her skin. But there is, is there is something though when it comes to just making a treat in general. I think it, it definitely it comes on your preferences as well. Like I know, um, like when people in my family make cookies or something. Mm -hmm. How do you like your cookie? I like a chewy. I like okay. I like the outside to be crisp, but I want the once I get closer to the inside, I want it to be more chewy. Not chewy, chewy, but it, it has to. I don't like it hard. Like, if I get a cookie from somewhere, I'll warm it up so that it will kind of, like, soften. That That's bad. That's a better word. To be kind of soft. But I still want it to have a crispness about it at that, if, if that makes any sense. See, I prefer, I'm usually the type of guy where, like, uh, someone's making cookies. I won't ever have one. But then if you burn the shit out of them, like, <laughs> my mom knows to make a batch of cookies, if anything, if it's the holidays or something, she knows to burn the living crap out of a batch and then just put them off to the side to the point where like, these are hard as a rock. Like they're black. Who's going to eat these? And I just come downstairs. I'm like, that's the best part of the cookie right there. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. My husband, my husband's like that though. He wants everything to be crisp. Like I have to make sure his food cooks longer than everybody else's. He like, he doesn't like his stuff to be any kind of, I don't know. I tell him it, it's just like, it, it's dead basically to me. Cause nobody's gonna eat it but you it's like literally like spikes or something and he's just like oh yeah it's so delicious it's so crispy and like that's it's okay. just it's just weird when you get down to the gooey part of it like when if it melts in your mouth as soon as you put it in there some people really enjoy that but i find it it's just it's too soft too soft well like you said everybody you know it just depends palates are all different so what types of um 
things have you really kind of tried to focus on just with creating all these different uh, designs as well? Um, what do you mean? Like things you've started to work on or things you started to learn more in the process. Like you said, you were uncovering something, you know, in 2020, uh, just being some challenges. What challenges have you faced that's kind of taught you a little bit more on the idea of baking? I think everybody thinks of it as this bland, easy thing. Like, oh, you just read the directions, make it up and then shove it right in the thing. And there you go. Um, temperature, um, or atmosphere. Like you were saying, y'all were in a baking class where it was environmental science. Well, that plays a lot to do with um, how everything turns out. So you, you don't realize the coolness of the air or if you have too much moisture in the air or things like that. That can play a lot on you. And I'm just now learning how, like, what is my climate here versus maybe if I took a class or I saw someone doing something, their climate may be cooler where mine's is more humid. So they'll say, okay, well, you need such and such and such. Well, I tried to put that in there, but this is, it's coming out with water. Well, it's because my atmosphere is, has more moisture where another atmosphere may be more of a drier climate. So that, that, you know, that plays a lot into my baking and also just um, time management on a lot of things too. So people, um, sometimes people try to request like cakes and stuff like last minute, like, oh, can you do me a cake tomorrow? Well, I could, but I need time for everything to chill and time for it. So it's like almost like a three-day process for a lot of stuff. Some people take weeks to do cakes. It just depends on the difficulty of it. Um, and so I'm just kind of learning how to manage my time, especially with me being in business at home when I have kids that are running around and have to stop and do this, which, you know, is actually a blessing in disguise because I'm able to stop what I'm doing and say, okay. And that, I think that's where um, a lot of people kind of get that idea and say, oh, well, you work from home, so it's much easier. But working from home only allows me to be able to be home with my kids but it necess doesn't necessarily say, well, it's easier because now I have to figure out how to work them into whatever I'm doing, whether it means, okay, well, I can't do this during a certain time and then I have to come back or I have to stay up till two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning to get something done because I had to, you know, give them this particular time. Now I have this time. So it just, it just allows me to be with my family more, but it doesn't necessarily allow me to say it's much easier for me. Yeah, I feel like especially if you're in the process of cooking something too, having to step away for a moment really kind of throws you off in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I like like earlier, I have to like say, okay, well, I can say I'll set the baby down at a certain time and I can come and do this at, you know, during this time, but you know, I only have that particular time to do it before, you know, he's woke or or trying to, because it's it's very hard to manage a five month old, you know. Tell him, hey, I got I can manage a five and a four year old, and say, okay, well, mom's doing this, but a five month old, I don't. He's not that. He's not that easy to do. Yeah, you got to make sure he's calm for like a three day process of designing mm -hmm. the cake. Mm -hmm. Man, see, see, whenever I try and bake something, if I'm gonna design, like I'll get the whipped cream out, I'll get all the essentials and stuff, and next thing I know, I just end up eating a tub of whipped cream. I'm like, all right. <laughs> This is close enough. That's close enough, yeah. I know I'm much lazier when it comes to cakes that I have to bake for the family. So if I'm like baking a cake, I'll make a cake. And my husband's like, okay, so are you going to ice the cake or are we just going to have a plain cake? And I'm like, uh, whatever I feel like. Because 
you know, I don't really feel like doing this right now. So yeah, when it's for me, I'm, I'm much more relaxed and lazy about it. With your kind of experience just doing this in general, have you thought of any cool food combinations? Um, I have been thinking much about popcorn and incorporating cakes and popcorn. And I've seen a lot of people um, doing it or trying it. And so I'm thinking about doing it and also doing like incorporating all kinds of different kinds of candies into apples, like putting it on there and just, I don't know. Or also doing like cheesecake inside of the cake. I want to try that so bad, but I'm so scared that I'm just going to melt the cheesecake that's inside of it. A cheesecake inside of a cake. Inside of a cake. I know. It sounds delicious, doesn't it? That just reminded me of the first time I ever had an ice cream cake. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fitness freak, so I'd never eat sweets, but I remember like it was like three or four years ago, my buddy brought up one of those Carvel ice cream cakes. There's no better feeling in the world when you cut that thing open. You get that nice brownie on the bottom with the chocolate mm-hmm. in the center, and then the vanilla up top. Ah, oh. <laughs> it is very delicious. Very delicious. Yeah, that crisp. That that you know, that's an argument that people have about the Christmas, the crispness of brownie. Like, if you want the inside or you just want the edges, and they actually have a device made now. If you make brownies, you can set it inside, and it makes all the pieces edge pieces so it's like um like miniature brownie pans or something inside of one big pan so everything is has a crisp edge and i want i want it so bad so i do like a crispiness on a brownie i I prefer crispiness on a brownie see i don't like it being too gooey in my mouth yeah no brownie I, i i can't do brownie i can do the crispiness now, when it comes to the problems that you face doing baking, would you say it's just the atmosphere or the environment that you are set in? Or do you say that a lot of the challenges and in the ingredients being able to incorporate it perfectly um, is probably one of the most difficult? Um, I want to say it's more just the environment. Ingredients really don't change that often. I mean, you unless you're trying something new or you're adding something <laughs> To be honest, what you're using, your ingredients, they don't really change. Um, they kind of basically stay the same. You're using the same about measurements. Um, every now and then you may have to do this, but the amount that you're using depend on leveling agents are going to be what's going to be your only ingredient that may change at all. Um, you know, if I say if I wanted to make the, I'm just adding flavoring or I'm adding, you know, vanilla beans or whatever, I, I can do that for anything. But the vanilla extract is always what's got me because I remember the one time my grandmom snapped at me when I ruined a whole cake because she was like, pour a teaspoon of vanilla in there, not a whole bunch. And I just, yeah, I did not grab a teaspoon size thing. I grabbed something a little bit bigger, which I did not know the difference on measurements. I was like, oh, it's, it's all the same. I ended up dumping it in there, ruining the whole entire thing. Yeah. We'll see. And see, it's almost like muscle memory to me. I'm like, okay. And it's always add a little because you can always, you know, just add a little. Never add, like, even when you're making a, a three a three D cake or you make it in, they always say take off a little because you can always put or take off more or you can put in, add in more, but you can never take out what you've already or you can't put back what you've already taken off. So that's kind of always the thing with me. So I know if the recipe calls for two eggs, I may put one egg in, see how that goes. Okay. Well, all right, 
today I don't need one egg. Today I only need, I mean, don't, today I don't need two eggs. I need one egg or something like that. So it's always a little, not a lot. Are you kind of like um, planned on a lot of your cookings? Do you find that you like set out an idea of what you want to do and then go to the store and gather up all the ingredients? Or do you find you're a last minute type of person? It's like, oh, that'd be cool to make and then go to the store and grab stuff. Um, a lot of my stuff is already pre-planned as far as what party. So I have everybody kind of book out two weeks and different things like that. Um, but as far as ideas, I always tell them, like, if they're sending me an idea, I'm never going to copy somebody else's work. I'm not going to do that. This is not copy paste. I'm always going to say, okay, that's what you want. Or this is the theme that you have. How close do you want me to get it to there? And to be honest, my last cakes, I kind of just been like, I'm, I've said I shouldn't procrastinate so much as I do sometimes, but it seems as though, like, you know, I know I've seen the meme like, oh, you know, I procrastinate and I still get the job done. That's the reason why I procrastinate or something like that. It's kind of like that. It's like my best work sometimes comes out of me feeling, it's almost like I put myself in a place of anxiety, which is not good at all. And I'm trying to get from doing that and just kind of, you know, but I, I can't draw, so it doesn't really work that way. So I kind of just, whatever vision comes out in my head, I kind of just put that into there and I, I just work until it get into that vision is completed and hope that I have enough time to get it done. Well, a lot of it comes down to the factor also that like creative, like creativity in general, a lot of it's great artists and everything. Leonardo da Vinci woke up in the middle of the night and had his ideas that were coming to him. He was drawing them up at like spur of the moment type things. You know, they just randomly came to him. I find that if you sit and try and, ponder or try and be able to press all that information or anything just try and force it out of you you have something that ends up getting lost like it feels like you're you're going to rush an idea next thing you know it doesn't turn out the way if you would have let it just come to you naturally mm -hmm. and that's true i mean and i'll i mean i'll think about something for maybe two weeks and then i'll get down to the, the day or two days before and i'm just like okay so what do i want to do again and i'm just like and like, I, it's almost like I tried to plan, but that just didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. Like, I'll have the idea and I'm just like, that doesn't look right. Like last week I had a lady and I was just like, this is not working out. This is just not. And I was just like, am I free to kind of, she was like, just do whatever you want. And she loves it. But, you know, because sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you have an idea and, and cakes that I know that I can't do, like I'm not good at 3D cakes. I just like, okay, I can't do that. I'm not going to even try to take your cake. But other cakes, I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then I'll get, and I'm just like, okay. Or they'll say, I hate people to send me ugly cakes. I know this sounds bad, but like the cake is horrible. Like it's just, and I'm just like, I just don't even want to even try to replicate or even do anything close to that cake. Cause it's, and so while, while talking to them, I'll try to get them to another idea of something because I know like, that cake is just that's not my work that's not what i pre, you know want to present and so i i don't there is something weird though there's an aesthetic appeal when people buy cakes though like when they look at it and see that it looks very very nice they don't really care what the taste is like i've seen some cakes that look like someone diarrhea all over on top of it like this looks like you just threw it in a pig's pen like it's filled with mud or something but then you end up having it and it's like triple brownie blast and it's like you take a bite you get diabetes but damn it's delicious it's delicious i know i know and that was one of my main things when i first started my cakes were so ugly 
and I wanted to make sure that my taste was good. So when I could perfect it and make my cake look like I wanted it to, it still tastes good. And so that's another thing that I'm so proud that I have accomplished is that I have not only beautiful cakes, but they also taste just as delicious as they look. And I think that's important. That's important to me. Now for others, like you said, I've seen them and I'm just like, who's going to eat that? And, and that too, sometimes is a catch 21 in this particular business, you know, um, people will say, well, I don't want to pay for that certain, you know, that, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's cool with me because some people, you know, there are people that do, and there's some people that don't. And the people that don't, I think it's because they, you know, say, oh, well, the cake is so pretty. Who won't? And my husband actually said, oh, people are actually eating your cake. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you think I take all this time? He's like, oh, people are actually eating and I thought they weren't eating the cake. And I'm like, so you thought they just had a pretty cake? Just They could just got a styrofoam cake for that. Which for, you know, actually have started doing that now is like telling people, hey, if you just want something pretty and just want a top cake that you can eat, hey, we can do a bottom fake cake and do a top. You know, if you want something that's just pretty. Because some people do want that that look my thing is you know I'll see people and they'll drop two three thousand dollars on decoration and then the cake is like what is that on your table and I think that kind of makes everything to me it's wonky to other people they're like hey we don't care it's just a cake wait people other are people, buying cakes just for the look of it yes it you know people are actually because I've seen people say we didn't eat the cake, not from me, but just from other um, cake artists. Because I'm in a lot of groups that are cake artists or, or treat artists or decorators, um, party planners and different things. So people actually buy cakes that they're not planning on eating. Wow. Okay. That that really just went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> yeah, they buy cakes that they're not planning on eating. I have no I guess they were like, okay, somebody will eat it, but they don't. I just, just want to stare at it. I just want to look at it. It's just at it. Or they'll buy it for their the people that are there, but they don't eat cake. Like they'll just buy a nice cake, but they're not going to even eat it because they don't eat cake. But okay. they bought it for everybody else. Now, how difficult is it for you to make something that is like diet friendly or keto friendly now that we're living in this I, society where everyone's I, healthy? I was about to say that. Um, it's, that is, has been a, a hard thing. Um, I had one cake that was. Um, vegan and it turned out beautiful but the whole time I had I I was scared the whole time I, I did not know what was going like I told when I mean I told her and she'd seen my work and she really wanted me she's like I know you can do it I know you can do it. I'm like how do you make a vegan cake like I had to research for months to make a to make that cake I'm like, because most cakes, you know, require egg. They require something that has some kind of animal product in it. Um, so it, that, um, I haven't did any, like, um, the keto friendly. Or, and I think those would be, a, those would be pretty hard too. Because if, if I'm not correct, keto is no, what, bread or flour? How, how does the keto It boggles work? me. They can eat chocolate. So I have no clue where that one goes. I have no clue. I know, I, I I want to say it's like breads and stuff they can't eat, but they can eat like everything fatty they can eat mostly. I want to say, and then they can't. I don't know. I haven't had anybody ask me for that, and I think if they did, now I have had somebody ask me for like a keto pie, and to be honest, that the ingredients wasn't that hard. Um, 
or making it. It was the ingredients were just expensive. Like I bought the sugar and it was like $13 for a what? 12 ounce thing of sugar. And it's like monk fruit or something like that. I haven't I haven't even made it. I said I was just gonna try it to see how it would taste and how it come out, but I'm just like it's expensive just to find stuff, ingredients that you can make that stuff with. Just like when I did the vegan cake, it was like $15 for like a little four ounce of what is called an egg replacement. So it's like a plant-based egg replacement. See, it's interesting is when you start talking about making a vegan cake, I immediately started getting ideas because I'm a health nut. So, and uh, I, I like peanut butter. I like the taste of it, but it's not very the healthiest option when you're going to go get that to eat. So they have this thing called PB Fit, which is like powdered peanut butter. And what you do is you pour a little like teaspoon or something into a bowl. And the more water you add, the smoother it is or the creamier it is. And the less you add, the chunkier it is. So imagine designing that on the cupcakes. I remember I'd put that into cookies one time and it was, it was pretty amazing. That sounds good. I might have to try that. I've heard some weird ideas where people incorporate like meat into their cakes um no well the the closest that i have seen i have a friend she makes like um like the more of a sweet savory cupcake so she has like chicken and waffle cupcakes um i've seen people do like a thanksgiving cupcake which is like um sweet potato dressing i I don't even know what they put all in that cupcake i wouldn't i probably wouldn't try it because i'm not one of those people that like their food to touch or to to mix food up at one time um but it was interesting it was interesting that you can do stuff like that so i mean i've seen a lot of people incorporate a lot of things and so a lot of people do it more in cupcakes than they do cakes um i think they try to keep cakes more savory i mean more sweet but there is a whole like it's a whole world out there of cakes and cupcake enthusiasts that you know like cupcake like i love cupcake wars and christmas like i love all that kind of stuff because it, it, it opens up your eyes to the things you can do and incorporate inside of cakes and stuff. With cakes and all these other brownies, cookies, cupcakes, all these other types of things, they're fit for certain occasions. If a cake is like, oh, it's your birthday, it's a celebration, hooray, you're turning four, you're turning 99, you know, you're probably not going to be another one, so let's go all out. And then it's like a cupcake is fit for a party, a get-together at work or something, you know what I mean? It's like, for everyone to enjoy. It's like, I like the guy, but I don't want to go all out and make him a cake. And then we got brownies that are like, I don't even know where brownies fit into the equation. Like that one's like a sweet treat that you have at night. Like if you're with your, your partner or significant other, and you're just like, Hey, let's make some brownies tonight and watch a movie or something. Or if you're making illegal drugs, why are they fit for certain occasions, Jessica? I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know. I don't know who made that up. I don't, I have no idea. I, I mean, I try to encourage people, hey, you know, do this or do that, but, you know, it, I guess that's just how everybody set it up that way. Do you think it fits perfectly or do you think you would suggest a change? I feel like cookies should be more of a, um, that's definitely probably a treat that you want to make at home, but I don't know. Cakes just fit perfectly for like a celebration scenario, but I feel like we could incorporate it a little bit differently too. Like why is ice cream fit for just a late night snack? I don't know. I think we should have desserts all the time. Like it's, there should, there should, I mean, there are any occasion that you can have a cake for. Like, I think that people should just say, okay, birthday, sure. And everything else. Like I've seen, I've not seen cakes for people have divorce party cakes, 
Um, divorce party. Yes, they have cakes for when they get a divorce. Um, they have, of course, you know, you have your bachelorette cakes, um, quinceaneras. Um, they 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 have half birthday cakes where they literally cut a cake in half, and they have it. It's just a half a birthday, like when they are six months six months for the baby or whatever um let's see other cakes they, i mean they they do have them but it's it's less it's less common than you see a regular birthday cake yeah and I, I, yeah. I i think like even if we talk about like just the idea of designing a cake for like a vegan lifestyle as well like <laughs> how difficult do you think it's getting just with the fact that now that there's so many things that you cannot bring into school just on the scenario of like allergic reactions and things like back in the day like i remember when like i was in elementary school and we found out someone was allergic to peanut butter i could not eat peanut butter sandwiches i couldn't do anything because it was going to affect him and i'm like we're in a world now where people are like getting allergic to everything whether it's a gluten intolerance whether it's all these things how hard is that going to be as a baker in general just to be able to create something Luckily, I haven't really ran into that because I think most people that come to me, they they already know. But I know with my sons being in school, um, one of them is in pre-K. They get a little more generous, I guess, or depends on what school. But, like, he can't have any kind of outside food brought in. Um, like I said, no peanut butter sandwiches because the ki- other kids are allergic to peanut butter. That So there's a possibility that that kid makes. So they don't even have it. And so... I think it will become more difficult the more and more people um it you never know cakes may phase out because of that you know um but then again there's so many different products that people are producing um that people don't know about so that helps also like there's like a whole thing called SoFlo Florida um it's for cake makers treat makers and different things so every year thousands and thousands of treat makers cake makers flock to it um and they just come out with different products um that people can use that are alternatives to different things like that so i think um just like anything else the more innovative people can become that's the only way that that will that the business will um stay afloat if everybody becomes allergic to everything because i remember when the whole gluten thing came out and everybody was gluten intolerant i'm like Half, first of all, half y'all are not gluten intolerant. What is gluten intolerance? That's what exactly. And um, and it just came out of a sudden. But now you don't. I mean, you still see the gluten free stuff, but you don't see as many people like, oh yeah, I'm gluten free. So I don't know if it was a phase or people like. I think some people were, and then once the companies realized that people were gluten free, they started producing or promoting this whole gluten-free thing and now everybody's like oh yeah i'm gluten-free it's probably just a gluten intolerance and no you just eat too much or something i don't know but it it, like i said as long i think as long as people kind of um become more inventive or or try to get around ways or things like that then you know it'll work out if not it'll phase out i guess and we'll just find somewhere else to go i think people will always like sweet treats because i mean look at little debbies and who else is hosts and don't even, I mean, freak, don't even toss out the zebra cakes you're kidding me That's don't the, even okay i haven't seen cakes, a person the nutty buddies oh oh man you're you, if you toss a nice zebra cake in the microwave for like five seconds ten seconds you get a nice melted sandwich going on there's no there's no better feeling 
exactly and i haven't seen a person you know i haven't seen them like like change their ingredients yet so you know shit what's that thing called i'm trying to remember what it is it's an oatmeal thing it's like a cookie oh the oatmeal cream pie I love them. I love them, but I'm getting, you know, this crazy. I got older and they're too sweet for me now. I used to love them. That was my favorite thing. And now, like, I have to, like, take some of the cream out the middle because it's too sweet. I know that's so crazy. Oh, man. It's like taking an Oreo and just taking the cream out. Like, what are you doing? I, I, you know, I have to do it now. I'm getting older and it makes my head spin. It's like it's too sweet or something. I don't know if they changed the ingredients and, and did something to it, but it's too sweet for me now. You want to talk about technology taking a change in the world. Have you seen the combinations that they're doing with food now? The fact that the uh, Oreos where you can just buy the cream, they literally have a commercial that says, you know, we cut out the middleman and we took the cookie mm-hmm. out. Then you have like birthday cake flavor, um, gingerbread flavor. Um, I saw one that was wasabi flavored Oreos. I'm like, what? Yeah, Oreo has their seasonal um, I seasonal oreos and they they do they have a lot of creative i mean just look at all the chips and stuff that they've created and they put you biscuits know in gravy and lace chips i don't know and lace chips which to me sometimes is kind of scary because i'm just like what is it there's no flavor there's just what is this it's gotta be a chemical that's producing this i remember um seeing a study and it's probably been about 10 years ago and they were doing um the smell um defer people from eating certain things and they had like these seasonings and they were sprinkling they had like a steak or something but they sprinkled these different kinds of smells on top of them to see if it would deter the people from eating it and they found out that it didn't and I kept thinking what was inside of this like one of them was like funky shoes and I'm like okay so what's inside of this and I think that kind of is the same as how they do a lot of ingredients um for these different snacks and stuff like that i'm like what is actually inside of it because i don't i know they don't grow this kind of stuff so what how do they how are they producing you know or like getting something that's strawberry flavored and it smells like strawberry it's literally like trying to do the like the jelly bean game the uh, bean dazzles whatever it is where Mm -hmm. it's like one of them's barf one of them's lawn clippings Mm -hmm. like it's like whoa whoa how are we getting that exactly exactly yeah because that's that's like you know if you get something and say it's strawberry flavored but if you think about a strawberry if you actually like you know cut them up they don't have a smell and the smell that anytime that i've ever ground up strawberries and made them it's not the smell that comes from a strawberry flavored thing it's a whole different smell it ought I love strawberries, but I don't like the smell of ground up strawberries. I know that's not, it has like this weird smell when you mix it with other stuff. It sounds crazy. And it doesn't smell like any strawberry thing I've ever smelled. Or the fact they have grape stuff and you're like, but it don't taste like grapes though. It, it tastes like a totally different or orange soda that didn't taste like oranges at all. Like some somewhere like that. Well, there's a weird thing with our taste buds and the fact that the scent is linked to it as well. Like being able to eat something and then be brought back to a certain memory in your lifetime. Like every time I walk into a store or if I walk into like a Krispy Kreme, a 7-Eleven, anywhere that sells like a pastry or something, that whiff, that smell, like it's something weird. 
it's just the fact that like if I walk into a bakery or something, first thing you smell, you smell a little bit of dough, but you smell like you get enriched with all these different flavors and scents that truly make your mind just go off on a tangent and bring you somewhere. It's like a place in your life where you're like, oh my God, I'm 12 years old and the world hasn't been exposed to me yet. Like it's that whole thing. It's like a sense of like a peace about it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't, I, I have no idea. It, it's it's amazing, but it, it's kind of like, what is it at the same time? Well, I know uh, there's so much about cakes in general in the first place. The fact that there's just a, a whole wide variety of things that you can go to as well, especially when it comes to designs, when it comes to all these different factors that play in. What would you say, like, if you were going to design a cake for somebody, do you just get their basic characteristics and kind of traits and what they're kind of looking for and as an idea and then try and craft it out in your own image? I do. I do. I want to, like, I get to know um, my customers. So I'll ask them to send me their favorite, you know, favorite things about whatever. Cause a lot of times it's, it's for kids and that, and so I say, okay, well, what's the favorite character, you know, what's, what's the color themes that we're going for. And I kind of just go off of that and I'll get, of course, I'll, I'll, I like to do is like a, a four cake um, remedy. So I'll, I'll find four cakes that are similar. It may not even be in the same character, but it may have, um, something, something, this, and and I'll take stuff from there and from here and and kind of place it to make a brand new cake that's totally different from all the other cakes. Or sometimes I've had it where I just had to design a whole cake that was just out of thin air, and I in in that way so I get to um, kind of get to know the customer. Um, like I did a grand opening cake, and I kind of got to know her as what she liked, and so that's what I made for her was for her grand opening which was a boutique so I kind of made something that was catered to that um so yeah I, I just kind of play off different ideas that we have well I really appreciate you taking the time Jessica to come out and do the podcast I kind of want to give you here a minute at the end to be able to promote your content too so people can see your awesome designs okay well yes I am just of just sweet creations um I'm located in Gastonia North Carolina um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jess underscore Sweet Creations and also at, on Facebook at Jess Sweet Creations 2. Um, and just, you know, just check me out and, and hopefully I'll get to work with you guys soon. Yep, you can have your cake and eat it too. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for doing the podcast and stay tuned for another episode of Out of the Blank. Yeah.